Hello. Hi. Welcome back to another episode. Did you miss us? No, they did. You don't need to ask us. You're so question. right. You're so right. You're of course they so did. Anyway, I'm Lydia, and to my left is Ashley, and this is another episode of Uncharted. How have you guys been? You staying cosy and warm? It's freezing. No, it's not. It is freezing. It's autumnal. It's rubbish. My new favourite word. <laughs> not autumnal. Um, so I want to actually jump straight, straight in. in. Listen. Do you know what I mean? Today is a jump hack. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm really excited for this episode. There's literally no time to waste. None. <clears throat> um, so we're going to be talking about fashion. Um, we're covering the history of fashion mm-hmm. as well as um, the trends, the aesthetics, and how that's like evolved into like contemporary fashion. Um, but we have chosen to, well, in regards to like the history part of it, we're not giving you a history lesson. I no, well, I swear, I, I swear to God, I swear to God, no, literally, it's, it's, it's gonna be so fun. It's so fun. So we are fun. covering um, slightly different themes, so um, I'll be getting into like the Harlem Renaissance and the Banj. I'll be getting into the Met, the history of the Met, and all that jazz. Yeah, and then um, we will segue beautifully into um, like what's going on today. Exactly. What's timeless? What's not? Exactly. Speaking of what's timeless and what is not, mm-hmm. I figured mm-hmm. we do. I know. Mm-hmm. I, know mm-hmm. I figured we do a little um, fashion theme to remember, forget. Okay. Um, yeah, and so. I'll jump right into it. Take it away. So I'm thinking when I say fashion theme, I mean more like what um, item of clothing or trend or aesthetic do I think um, is quote unquote in or is like timeless, yeah, memorable, such and such, and what do I think is not? Um, mine is kind of merged into one. I will say it's um, definitely because I've been on the hunt for like an oversized nice bomber motorcycle leather jacket yeah um to look cool and hot and fresh but i don't look cool and hot and fresh um because the ones i've been seeing have been horrible (laughs) um because they're this like overly tacky like leather motorcycle like with the like coca-cola sign and like formula one it's like it's just like because it's not giving authentic it's giving i'm trying so 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 hard to be vintage right try trying so hard to be a part of the trend like it's just so it's just so um because i want to be able to say guys like I'm not a part of this generation. Like my like, fashion sense. Like I've literally gotten all of my clothes from my parents. Like in the literally, 80s, actually. Like Binti. Shut up! No one gets this fucking thing anymore. <laughs> Inside joke, guys. Sorry. You can't borrow my jacket. I literally like it's literally from my dad's wardrobe from like 1982. <laughs> That's actually what you friends. can't. And she lives in shoes. But anyway, it's so valuable. Like I feel like when you combine the so okay, so my remember is more so the like leather jackets as a whole because I don't think leather jackets are never gonna not be fashionable. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a timeless piece and it's a staple um, for wardrobe. It's a wardrobe essential for sure. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it's all subjective. Everything we're saying today is subjective. Um, but I feel like when you pair the staple leather jacket simple basic whatever and then combine it with the like formula one coca-cola bright yeah, color formula. yeah um like asos not even asos like plt or whatever boohoo right. leather jackets 
it's like then it, it's like that's not that's not you know you're not gonna want this item of clothing in a year and then you're standing to the side and you, you want to call it fashion that's yeah, because you pose like that and you're wearing a formula one jacket no, you think does doesn't mean it's giving fashion babe you look scary um when i was in new york two weeks ago the the thrift stores were a completely different game bro i felt so so ashamed it's like i can't even return back to london looking no way no because the pieces that you have yeah i'm really proud of they no the pieces guys so inexpensive every time someone is like oh like i really need to go thrift shopping whatever it's like yeah no but i'm not like the other girls because i went thrift shopping and i spent like what 25 pounds yeah i know i know you want to be like me but sorry man anyway so what's yours um mine's more so like trends in itself like the ones that i would love to remember i think everybody's really like we're really going back into like the 90s everyone's really loving like the 90s look like the y2k the that's y2k been a thing for yeah it's been a, it's been a thing couple years now. i really like i really really like i would say like makeup and fashion kind of do go hand in hand mm-hmm. um i would say a lot like the over like the brown lip and all of that is yeah. really it's really mm, really i really want to remember that and keep that for the rest of my life I really, really do like, like, you know, like, it depends because I really like the, you know, when they wore like the low rise jeans and the, the, yeah. the crop top and then like the mini bag and like the, the, the long leather jackets, but with like, like fur around, around the... That, that actually, like, you know, when you go into a store like Urban or Zara or whatever, and you yeah. see all the mannequins wearing the trends, yeah. and then immediately after a couple of months, they pack it in and it's mm-hmm. like a completely different thing. Yeah. The leather jacket thing lasted so long. So long. So, so long. And now it's like completely done. And now when I look at the leather jacket with the fur that I have, I'm like, yeah. I hate this. I hate this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a low rise, low rise jean type of girl. I can never because these hips do not lie, but no. But that's exactly why you should be a low rise because no, no, no. the hips don't mm-mm, lie. Because then the stomach will tell the truth, oh. and that is. Really <laughs> <laughs> and that's right there, is something I want to forget. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. My point being. <laughs> my point being, like that, the whole nineties aesthetic in general, like Y two K. That I that personally, I feel like even if it went out of trend for a little bit, it will, we will always come back to that because that era in itself right. was everything. And that's a topic in itself, like the cycle of trends and mm-hmm. how that coincides with runway. Oh my gosh! Yes, now you say runway. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Going back to the nineties, like if you think about like nineties, like um, no, name Campbell, Kate Moss. Their runway looks, yeah, and like I know. Tom Forge, one sheet, like their runway looks were so, oh, so chic. Yeah, they were gorgeous. I really, really like like the dresses. Well, the, I get not the makeup, but I love the makeup. The, did you not see? Okay, I'm when talking about not when I say makeup, I mean like white foundation on a dark skinned woman. That's horrible. That's, <laughs> that's, like, that's what I'm talking about. I was more thinking of the like muted eyebrows oh, no, and no. the like 
the, if, the if makeup was cute. Like the color matching, no. But the makeup was yeah. so 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 cute. I guess that's that's with with time and yeah. um, that brings us to our next question, or I guess our first question. Um, where do you get your fashion inspo from? Mm. Because runway is a huge one. Absolutely. Um, I have the Vogue runway app. Um, when I I don't use it often, but when I do, I do see some pretty cool pieces, and they're so fun to like just scroll through and kind of see like how the past, like the full winter of last. Um, has kind of impacted what I've, you know what you've been seeing yeah. um, in streetwear, um, and kind of how you can use runway to um, expand your own style and look toward you know it's mm -hmm. kind of like a prepping for the future sort of thing, um, knowing what is going to be in fashion, yeah. um, because the the trends do reflect you know runway and high fashion to some degree. I remember. Um, looking on, on Vogue Runway and seeing all the like leather jackets with the fur that we were just talking about yeah and how nobody's really wearing that anymore and how a lot of people now wear I feel like Balenciaga is kind of a really in yeah. like brand right now mm -hmm. and like the um the yeah the like big jackets but not um pimp more mm. so like the leather yeah, just like oversized right and the um I think even skims right now is quite trendy, like mm -hmm. the the tight top H&M Ugg boot mm -hmm. situation. Um, Absolutely. Most, I mean, I basically, a lot of our fashion inspo comes from social media, comes from the people that we watch, like the models, mm -hmm. the celebrities, obviously like getting into the Met and stuff, like runway, high fashion, like everything really and truly comes from there. And obviously like when you go back, like for example, like TikTok, like people are like sharing their fashion inspo from like when they were younger and like a lot of people like a lot of um influencers who have been influencing for obviously a very long time are mm. talking about how like the stuff that they used to wear to school they're seeing people wear it a lot more like often now like even my sister was saying like you guys you guys are like like everything that was like normal to them nothing special is such a big deal mm, right now yeah. like jordan's as well like Jordans are very, 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 very like I remember my brother was saying, Yeah, like we used to wear Jordans, like it wasn't that deep, but now it's such a big yeah. a big like phenomenon. <clears throat> I don't know what is so specific about this time that is so intrigued with mm, the past. Yeah. It feels like we don't have our like distinct era of fashion, it's more so like Absolutely. A, a callback to, to the nineties and two thousands. because you know how like you th I don't know, maybe this, I'm only saying this because I'm in the present. So like we're looking back 10 years, obviously I think 2022 was so heavily such and such. But when I think back to 2012 and like I can remember distinct items of clothing that were very, very mm -hmm. horrific, but very popular. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I get a lot of my inspo from the what are people wearing um, in like New York or what yeah. are people wearing in Copenhagen or Paris like YouTube videos some Vogue but mostly not like just like small little YouTube accounts just because I feel like streetwear is so diverse we'll definitely be getting into that because I did a bit of um, research on streetwear because I'm just so curious because like what actually is it mm -hmm. like how do you define it um, but yeah I feel like seeing what people I don't know I feel like New York has the best fashion and Copenhagen right. Just seeing what people are wearing <coughs> day to day. I mean, that's like 
if we're talking about New York, like it started a lot of the trend, like the Met. Yeah. The Met. Come on. That's based in New York. It started off in New York. Well, I'm t I mean, I'm going to give you the history lesson today. But yeah. you know, well, majority, yeah, yeah. like we know it to be held in New York. A lot of the fashion from, is from, and like, if you think about New, New York City as well, like that in itself is like its own little mm -hmm. runway, if that makes sense. It really is. It's like, it was, you, yeah. Go on, sorry. No, because you, you see people from different walks of life, obviously, because it's a city. Mm. Like, it's the most diverse in the world. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll see, like, the the girl that's running for the train. <laughs> you'll see, like, the street streetwear girlies and, and gays and guys. You'll see, like, the corporate babe. The queer, young um, people who are, like, influenced from ballroom. And they get their fashion, I suppose, from there. Um, a lot of bohemian, like everything, everything. Yeah. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, fuck, I forgot. It's fine. Um, I get a lot of inspo from TikTok, obviously. Mm. But also TV shows. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm watching Friends for the first time. I've obviously watched like bits before. Um, it reminds me of like like Fresh Prince as well. Yeah. Like how, how people are so... Yeah, now I get it. The, the intrigue. Mm. And not desperation, but like just like the desire to, to emulate looks from TV shows that they that they watched that mm -hmm. are set in the 90s is very cool. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Because if you think about it, we don't really have TV shows, like, we don't have TV shows that really reflect us now, if that makes sense. Like, mm. I, f I feel like when I say that, it's like when you watch, like, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, like, for example, Hillary, like, the way she, her, her character was, like, so immersed in in fashion and and money and all of those things mm -hmm. and like everything she wore like everything was like it was it was almost amplified if that makes sense like her character was around fashion right and like when you look at tiktoks and stuff it's like it's of that time whereas now it's like i don't know how to explain it but it's like you just see more i don't know how to explain it but like i feel like if i was watching our generation in about 30, 30 years time i don't know what would reflect that, that like, i don't know what the fashion how our fashion would be reflected or how the makeup's a bit different but like, that's how kind of what i was saying yeah i feel like i get what you mean yeah like because i was like i don't know what distinct trends we like it's just um the cycle i don't yeah. think we are in a like Nothing stands out to me. Mm -hmm. It's kind yeah. of what I was saying, but I couldn't really like find a way to describe it. Because like, as I was saying, like when I think back to two thousand twelve, I can remember distinct pieces, but mm -hmm. I can't really. Like I feel like anything. beauty has changed definitely. I feel like yes. beauty industry has definitely changed, but a lot of it is inspired from the nineties anyway, mm -hmm. or like the sixties, the eighties. You know, like we get our inspiration we get our inspiration from the time beforehand. Yeah. But I do feel like we have evolved. I just don't know what is ours specifically of this time. I think it's the it's the cycle. It's, yeah. the, it's the 90s, 2000s, and we've been in that for a while, because I remember, like, even lockdown, and a bit before that, like, 2020, I was yeah. definitely, like, all over TikTok trying to find the Y2K this and the newest that, which looking back on it's interesting how like it's both like even now we're still getting inspired from y2k and, and 90s whatnot 
<clears throat> just as we were in 2020, but it feels so different. Yeah. Like the, oh God, it, some horrible thick pieces like like fuzzy animal print bags and like overly excessive brown things. Mm. I remember doing a lot of and just hating them looking back at it now, but at the time being like, this is so YDK, But it's like, so is this stuff, yeah. but it's just a different, like a more evolved um, sense of it. I feel like from like 2007 to like 2013, things, I don't know what was going on with fashion. It's giving like, it um, was crazy. The like Disney girls at red carpets wearing skirts and jeans. Skirts like, and jeans, in one, in blue one lipstick yeah, and yeah. electric, like it was yeah. just like, what was going on? And you're telling me this is chic. I mean, it must have been at the time, but it's like, definitely, that was definitely for that time. That I don't think that, feel like that could be brought over oh i think it will be i think any fashion <laughs> fashion no that that was crazy um the leave out was left sorry <laughs> the leave out was left out but i agree crunchy with you were <laughs> what you were saying about new york being like the hub and oh that's what i was gonna say it's interesting because well i don't think this well this episode is airing after that one, mm-hmm. the New York one we're about to put out. New York's dead. So yeah, so listen up for that one. But um, I think it was Jonah mm-hmm. who said that they feel like London is just as kind of like um, fashion forward mm-hmm. as New York. I don't know. I don't want to quote wrong, but it just felt like um, we disagreed in quite an interesting way just because of our perspectives. Yeah. But I was just making the point of like, I don't feel like I could walk out, like I could walk onto the street and feel, and be and wear something completely crazy and like bizarre and feel um, like people aren't watching me yeah. in London. But in New York, I really would not, I would not give a shit. Yeah. I feel like they're way more... But I guess that's because we're from here, you know? And I, I, I agree with you. I feel like people mm. here are much more judgmental. But then I think it takes it takes somebody from somewhere else to come, to go somewhere new to change things up, if that makes sense. It's mm. like, if I'm going to New York... Like, I feel like that's just going on holiday in general. Like, I feel more um, confident in my fashion choices because I'm in an area that I'm not familiar with, so I don't really care. Like, I don't know you guys. Yeah. I don't, I like, I'm not going down... I don't know, Oxford Street, like, Oxford Street is just such a judgmental place in general. So true. But, like, like, central London, but it's like, if I wasn't from London, I would just wear what I want to wear. Because, like, I'm embracing, like, I'm in a new space, I'm, I'm feeling this, that, and that. Mm-hmm. But, like, here, when you're from here, and you know, you know the vibe, it's just like, mm, let me just keep it simple and wear all black or something. Like, it's, it's, it's not... Yeah. You don't yeah. feel as daring with your fashion choices. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. For sure. But I'm trying to give less of a fuck and same. just do what I want. Same, same. And wear cowboy boots to my 9am. As you should. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> so as you can just did, anyway. Um, I'm glad we're talking about New York. Um, because it does bring us quite swiftly. Swiftly? Uh, not to segue. I'm a bit of a segue, babe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it brings us swiftly into um kind of the history because i feel like you can't talk about fashion and the trends at least for our first episode on fashion um you can't talk about it without talking about its past and where it's originated from and since we just did an episode in new york and and, and now um 
you know, we're talking about it, we feel like it's only right. It's only right. Um, I did remember reading about um, the Harlem Renaissance very briefly as part of my course. I do film, mm -hmm. um, so f yeah, I think it was a it was a Langston Hughes, um, not documentary. I I don't remember, but um, I just found it so interesting that it was referred to as a blossoming of African American culture, mm. um, and this is from the period between. 1910s through like the mid 30s 1930s um obviously considered the golden age in african-american culture manifesting in literature music stage performance and art um i just find that amazing because it like it basically was like it formulated the the most present ideas of like what we now um call like art and mm -hmm. music basically black people side everything Basically. Which we do. <laughs> but it's like now I'm th when I like when I proceeded to research um, like ballroom and that's effect on fashion and influence, it all brought me back to the twenties mm. and the Renaissance again. When I was researching streetwear, it brought me right back, right back. to to the twenties again. Read it back in. So it was like and, and I, I researched that chronologically, so it was it was so interesting to see. Little um, little facts and figures. So, the Great Migration. Um, so, Northern Manhattan neighborhood of Harlem was me originally meant to be an upper class white neighborhood in the 1880s. But um, rapid overdevelopment led to empty buildings and desperate landlords seeking to fill them. Obviously, we filled them. Per. Um, Black power. Yeah, so they came from the. Kind of sorry, sorry. November 11th. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what. Mm, I wanna. I wanna look into the Black Bohemia because oh, I need to um, find out more about that. But um, a few middle class Black families from other another oh, it's another neighborhood known as Black Bohemia moved to Harlem. But obviously, a lot of them were from the South originally, mm. um, and they moved to the North. Um, yeah, for financial reasons and many other things. But um, obviously, it being the racist 20s and all, mm. Um, mm. white residents fought to keep African Americans out of the area. Um, and they failed to do so, slay, so <laughs> white people left. So I didn't, it was interesting to me because um, I was looking at the map of like Manhattan and I know that like the Upper East Side, Upper West Side is obviously an affluent area and it's like quite uh, wealthy. Um, but then Harlem was there, and I uh, associate Harlem and the neighborhood with being very black, yeah, culturally enriched. Mm -hmm. um, so that I was always curious, and now connecting the dots with this research, it completely makes sense to me that um, both uh, preconceived notions in my mind were true. Mm -hmm. That it obviously is an affluent area, but it it is it is culturally enriched because of. Um, yeah, what we're about to get into. And um, as part of the research, I was um, watching a video on the Renaissance and um, an author, Farrah Griffin, had said, um, sometimes in the most repressive times, we create the most extraordinary art. 
Sometimes in the most repressive times, mm -hmm. you create the most extraordinary art. Wow. It's true. It's so true. And it perfectly encapsulates everything that um, the Renaissance stands for. Mm. Because it was a... Wow, I'm so sorry. No, the set is falling apart. <laughs> anyway, um, because it was such a repressive time for them, they were being kicked out of, a, of the neighbourhood. Like, nothing wrong. We've done not a single thing wrong, but they are being kicked mm. out of where they'd like to call home but that's that's everything to do with black history like every, yeah. like whenever things are repressive and we we always create art like music mm -hmm. fashion but exactly. continue that's why it's so important mm -hmm. because for so long they've been thought of they we have been thought of as having no culture mm. no creative intelligence no record of historical achievements which is insane to me right but it makes so much it's insane to me because we founded everything but it, it makes obviously the most sense um so obviously they sought to reconceptualize quote-unquote the negro um which i was thinking could have obviously impacted aave uh, which is african-american vernacular and how like we now have changed the you know meaning of nigger to meet to like as in like a friend this is not fashion but it's so interesting to me mm. because it com it it combines how um like we've we we've used what we've been given and kind of completely changed, changed it, it completely changed it um, completely changed the n-word and then that in itself is a whole that's a whole piece of research there. That's a that could be a whole dissertation. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, which is like the quote unquote the new Negro movement, which is obviously the anthology written, um, composed of probably the most paramount literary like works like Max and Hughes and probably people that you've heard of before that are associated with the Renaissance, um, which talks about basically the new era of black people. Um, so yeah, that's a little little backstory on the renaissance just kind of a sum up i hope i like um summed up in the most little details possible but like the most important bits of it mm. because obviously we want to um get into a lot more but we know that there's so much to be said for what i have to say and you as well um but we want to revisit this topic when we do when we talk about music yeah oh and, i can't um, wait for that one sampled music and yeah separate art from artists there's so much to get into with that um so obviously as i was saying the um when i when i looked into the ballroom community it, it influenced it was obviously influenced by the 20s so we get into voguing and drag and how they aim to <gasps> dismantle and oh. deconstruct Heteronormativity, wow. which deserves a big fat slaying round of applause that I'm not going to vogue with it. I really wish I could vogue. No. Nah, the I way I, I wish I, I could vogue. Nah, I think I'm on the way. I feel like I have like arms, no, yeah, we but do. the knees. We have it in us. Well, no, we do, we do. Because when I listen, once we learn how to vogue, it's over. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Let me give her a new look. That's even the thing, because when I started looking into the etymology of now ballroom mm. and and just queer culture in general, it's like we every 
thing we say has come from like New York eighties. Yeah. This the whole the whole scene. Like slay and giving and this and this and this. It's like I thought it was like recent queer stuff, but it's like not not even at all. Like they've been saying they weren't they've been slaying for a while. Time. Literally. Like, come on. Um, but yeah. So um it's very interesting to see how um how the 80s fashion um was i don't know what the word is um i guess inspired um for lack of a better word by from the 20s and the renaissance and like came about because of that but also how like we now are taking the same inspo from you know Mm. the, the 80s as well yeah um yeah so it's like the twenties inspired the eighties and the eighties inspired us. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Um, yeah, and we obviously know about Madonna and how she Come was inspired on, by like, you know the house of extravaganza. Yeah. Speaking of, please watch Pose. It's really, I mean, it's really. I started really it. It's actually really good. Piece of work. It's really really good. I don't know what it is about Ryan Murphy, but he just keeps making hits after hit, hit after hit. Speaking of, Dharma was great. <laughs> Terrifying, but great. I really liked it. I didn't finish it, but I really like it. Niecy Nash is such a good actress. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, that's important. Amazing, great. So, looking into today's trends, I was like, mm, cool. So if something is telling me to just look up what the hell is streetwear, because I feel like it can be an embodiment of what I've just been looking into with the Renaissance and um, this new wave of fashion. Because it feels like it's not um, modern. It feels like it came from... Definitely, for sure. The roots, for sure. you know? Um, so initially sought to be a source of comfort and self-expression. Um it kind of manifested into like what we see as like today's streetwear but it's like streetwear is so many things mm-hmm. apparently they have four like categories of streetwear which is original sportswear adopted and luxury um, okay that makes so much sense yeah that, it, that makes sense yeah exactly because yeah because if it was initially supposed to be comfort but then they also have like completely inaffordable like mm-hmm. brands of streetwear it's like so how do you even begin to sum up what this brand that is? That makes so much sense. Is it like, is it a high-end brand? Yeah. Not brand, um, like trend or I don't know, type style of uh, fashion. But it's a really interesting um, style of fashion to dissect, I mm. think. And it's almost always linked to music as well. Everything. Fashion, music. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought the Harlem Renaissance would be interesting to kind of del- delve into a bit because obviously it um it it came like blues and and jazz came about from the renaissance it's where you know louis armstrong and all of that um began but then it's like so now looking into to fashion and streetwear how does do you know what i mean like how does fashion influence um hip-hop and vice versa mm, in the same way yeah. that in the past it did oh, i can't wait for this i can't <laughs> wait to get into that I know. You see how like I can't wait. The twenties 
had the like flapper style of like dressing and the like the, the dresses that were all shimmy shimmy gatsby vibe mm. and how i literally can hear the like trumpets in my head it's like and the trumpets exactly in, in a couple years when i think about today's fashion like what music will i hear or like because mm. i think it will be the 90s because of the cycle that we're in absolutely how absolutely especially with r b as well mm-hmm. the rise of it again definitely for sure so let's get into my portion of the eps mm-hmm. we are talking about drum roll please okay i'm ready the met mm. the met the met the met that we all know and love that we pay attention to every every year every first monday of may that we all get excited for we get excited to see what the celebrities are going to be wearing <laughs> rihanna 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 bad girl riri zendaya listen blake lively they give all the looks and i get excited every single look the kardashians listen kim yeah. kim so um, obviously i was researching the met but to research the met you need to go back way quick 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 back in the day how it all started and so on and so forth so essentially what people don't know is that the met is actually a museum it's basically like this um it's a museum and it's like this exhibition of like the history of art if you want to call it that like fashion obviously being art um and yeah so basically it's um the metropolitan museum of art which presents five thousand years of art from around the world in new york city so it's referred to as the super bowl of fashion mm. obviously as we know the met the the big elaborate event that it is and like basically how um different designers are able to use fashion and like to its biggest form show it as its, as its biggest form we've seen like we've seen obviously there's like crazy themes that are done each year and we see people with their big elaborate flamboyant costumes what's been your favorite theme I liked. I think I liked Heavenly Bodies. That mm. was a really, really good one. I think that was twenty eighteen. That yeah. was the one with or twenty. I don't remember, but it was the one I think where um, Rihanna had the crown and Zendaya made on the shield. I guess some of the that movies, was a really good year. That was, was a really, really so, good year. It was so good. Was that the year that um, Beyonce did the? Um, I think it was something, something, something in China. It was like a no. That might have been Rihanna. Anyway, point being, mm-hmm. point being, it's just it's the Super Bowl fashion. It displays all these art, like all these different designers and like the work that they're able to do and how they're able to show fashion as an art. So, um, it's hosted by Vogue. Okay. It's hosted. Sorry, the thing was 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 um, whatever. It's hosted by Vogue, and. Um, well, this is um, a reference from an article that I got from Caitlin, um, Caitlin Beckel from the Vogue from the Vogue website, and she basically said that it's where designers, models, and Hollywood stars convene in this the year's most over-the-top looks. So, in terms of the Met, its earliest roots date back to eighteen sixty-six in Paris, where a group of Americans, oh, that's ages ago. I know, a group of Americans agreed um, to create a national institute and a gallery of art. So essentially, like I said before, it's about um, just presenting what art is, what creativity is, what fashion is. And I I really appreciate that because as a creative, (laughs) 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 
as a creative for someone mm-hmm. to turn around and say do you know what babe like yeah, exactly. there's not enough of us in the world like how do we display what we do how do we show that music is art that fashion is art how do we show art in its biggest form mm. painting like how do we show that that's why i feel like the met is so cool because i feel like so many people don't actually like if you were to ask the average person what happens in the Met, like once they walk up the steps, mm. what happens? People would be like, oh, like who, who knows? Yeah. Who the fuck knows? It, it just seems like a fashion show, and they walk up the stairs and they take and pictures then, in their little dresses. Exactly, and, and then, then they, they all disappear. Off. Literally, but it's like as they should. Let it be a extravagant display of visual arts mm-hmm. because why not? Fashion is about self-expression. It does not need to have, um, you know, mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing. <clears throat> so um yeah so basically it was about art and art education to the to bring in art and art education to the american people so it started in 1948 as a fundraiser for the metropolitan museum of art Co- art costumes um institute so essentially the museum and the art Co- costumes institute were two d- separate entities mm-hmm. and they brought them together and like with the backing of the fashion industry they used it as a way to essentially like bring those two things together but um it was basically used to fundraise fashion in a sense so like they had the costume side of it and they had the museum side of it and they used like they basically used it as a way to fundraise fashion so what people don't a lot of people don't know is that like obviously the designers have people that they want to display their art so for example Zendaya, Ariana, um, Grande, Rihanna, whoever and those designers pay to go to the Met and display their pieces of fashion mm-hmm. and that obviously fundraises like the Costume Institute, the Met Museum part of that side of things. So yeah. it actually is a fundraiser. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so with the financial support of the fashion industry, the Museum of Costume Art merged with the Metropolitan Museum of Art as the Costume in- Institute. So like I said, they joined together to create a cultural phenomenon that we know as the Met Gala. Um, so the Met being the Met, it was this like this big elaborate, um, I don't know what, what you want to call it. Not, I was, was going to say festival, <laughs> but this, basically like this big elaborate, um, evening or whatever you want to call it that, um, was created, like you said, like I said, to, um, display art at, at its, at its peak. So there was a woman, a lovely lady, a lovely lady called Diana Freeland. Now my sister, my <coughs> good sister is French American. And what she, let me tell you about her. Because no, tell me about her. the girls don't know about Diana Freeland, but let me tell you. I wanted to read her book for the longest time. I'm quite curious to know yeah, about she, her. She basically, so she was a, a fashion co- columnist. Wow. English. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> But basically, she was editor-in-chief for Vogue, um, essentially before Anna Wintour. So she was editor-in-chief in Vogue, she worked with Harper's Bazaar, she worked with like a whole load of different um, uh, magazines and stuff. And essentially, she changed the Met, what we know to be the Met. So you see when we have different themes like Gilded Glamour and all those things there, she essentially created that. She made the Met to be she 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 made the met what the met is mm. so essentially like celebrities would come and like 
come to this fundraising fundraising event and like show off their pieces but she turned it into an exhibition she turned it into what we know as it she turned it into something extravagant basically mm -hmm. so we have like when she created themes for the Met and then um, like the different designers like used that used whatever theme it was for that year and then like did it interpreted it in their own way mm. so she started that and um i think it's really interesting because she was basically one of the first like people to to merge like she she observed what pop culture was at that time right. and like celebrities and she she put those things together and she was like okay why don't we do this I think that's Which is so sick. It's creative genius. Literally. I think there's very few people who are able to do that. Like, mm -hmm. combine what they see and what they think people will like um, and mm -hmm. what's upcoming. Yeah. And actually do something with that. Yeah, she, she became the special consultant to the Costume Institute of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Hell yeah. So essentially, my good sis, Diana, she she's the one who's running this shit. Mm -hmm. Really and truly and she's truly. She's running really. the show, right? yeah so she she created it all she what um what the article says is that she embraced the power of pop culture and celebrity that is still an integral part of the met gala today so she created a movement essentially and um everything that she she created is still used to this day as a part of the met so it wouldn't be what it is today without her wow Right, and this was in nineteen seventy one. So the so she created so one of her themes was um, the world of Balenciaga in nineteen seventy three and mm -hmm. Vanity Fair. And there's actually an exhibition in the Met in the in the museum dedicated to her, obviously because she was such an integral part of mm -hmm. the Met. Right. Um, so the first the first Met Gala didn't actually take place in the museum until nineteen seventy one. So beforehand, they used to ha like hold different events like different not different events they used to hold it in different venues so wow. they would have it in like um they would have it in central park the rainbow room at the rockefeller center and uh waldorf astoria so they oh, used to have it in different they used to have it in different places wait so why even though the 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 actual museum was still up and running like yeah. it was still there because i think i think what what diana did was she associate yeah the museum she associated with it the, the visual. exactly um, so it was so before it was just a fundraising activities where like activities it was a fundraising event where where celebrities would come and like show off their their nice pieces mm -hmm. and obviously it was backed by the fashion industry but she made it into this she made it into a big cultural event like i don't know how to explain it but it's almost like carnival like she turned it into a big uh, yeah. a, a theatrical play if that makes sense like she changed it from being um like you know when you go to like when you watch movies and it's like oh the royal ball 1972 and mm -hmm. da, 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 like whatever everyone's wearing gowns and stuff she was like no let's let's create let's create a story with this like let's create an exhibition let's create something with this which i think is so cool because mm -hmm. because fashion moments like that stay in the history books forever like I think one of the reasons why I mentioned Heavenly Body as being one of my favourites is because um, that was like the last one of Chadwick Boseman's mm. um, looks like that's burned in my mind yeah and it's just so powerful and I love hearing about people's like stories behind why they chose what they chose because mm -hmm. it, it really makes like 
the public adore them even more. Yeah. Like hearing about like Blake Lively's um, um, decision for her like dress. Oh, this I year. love that. Well, I don't I know. Love that. I don't know what year it was because they did the Met Gala like twice in one year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but um, like six months apart. But whichever one it was that was recently, um, she had like the in what's it called it not in installation crystallation something constellation constellation <laughs> installation crystallation the constellation of like New York and stuff mm. um and like a Grand Central stage oh, this was so cool it was I really so liked so Cynthia Rivo's cool. look that was amazing it was so sick I read a couple of articles on that yeah <clears throat> like I think that's that's what's I feel like that's what I really appreciate about the theme because then you exactly. have a story and like when you see celebrities like sometimes like i know um people were giving um kylie jenner a lot of like hate for her for um for what she wore to why the most recent oh, she was wearing a wedding dress yeah and yeah. then you were saying once you realized that you yeah. appreciated it i appreciated yeah. it even more like it's i like the theme gives you a story mm-hmm. and it's like it it emphasizes that fa- that fashion is art no yeah. matter what no matter like i think the whole point of the theme that like the themes that diana um Reland created was to to not keep it in a box because it's easy to go to to an event and wear a ball gown and look amazing right but it's it's so true but it's like completely different when you're able to create a story and there's meaning behind what you're wearing like the material there's meaning behind the material everything down to the material to the to the the way the way the dress flows like right the way the way they pose as well exactly. to, to accentuate certain exactly you see um, that that year that um Zendaya went as oh, it was like a Disney princess her and oh my god Laura yeah Roach. Cinderella and then yeah. the dress like, like it's oh, a story that, that incredible like the Met is so much more than <laughs> just like looking pretty in front of a camera and who who dressed well like it's yeah. about it's literally art and mm-hmm. that's what I really really I love like my dream is to go to the Met and tell a, and tell a story with my outfit. Like, I it's, just... It's so oh. special because it's, like, there's... there's It's not just um, actors or singers. Mm-hmm. Or like, it, it's any sort of creative person or someone in the public eye... Exactly. Um, ...who gets to go there. So they may not always have their personality up front mm-hmm. for the world. Like, some singers may not be as open with their personality, so you don't really know yeah. a lot about them. But then when they get to, to the Met and they're able to express and explain the decisions they made um, that led to them dressing the way they do, mm-hmm. it really shows like a side to them. They're like, oh, okay, so I kind of get like, kind of personal, I kind of get your interest because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you've obviously chosen this for a reason. Exactly. You care about it, clearly. And as as Rihanna said, she might beat me, but she... She, she, she cannot. She cannot have... beat my outfit. Not at all. Exactly that. Because I feel like your outfit speaks before you do. Mm-hmm. The way you present yourself speaks before mm. you do in every sense. In even, every sense of the word. Even Ariana Grande, because she actually did um, the Sistine Chapel and she definitely um, combined that whole Catholic Church entity situation into mm-hmm. her um, music. So I love that people are now, I don't know, maybe that's controversial. Um, like exploiting, you know, the Met for like their own promotional gain or whatever. But she used her outfit. I don't know which one came first. Um, but she used the fit for God is a woman, like yeah. promo era. And even stuff. if you if you research that dress, the one that Ariana wore, um, for Heavenly Bodies, like the the um 
the design of that dress is used a lot in like pre pretty little thing dresses now so true it's used a lot right now like it's it's a part of fashion right now you, you know like, like those bodycon dresses and with that style on it that's exactly yeah that's exactly right I, but yeah it really fashion really just blurs lines mm -hmm. because i i have one of those uh, sistine chapel bodies and the, like naked people whatever um i hate it so much even so basically it kind of is the point of like just because it takes inspo from um old stuff yeah <laughs> it doesn't make it timeless yeah um do you know what i mean like not everything from the 90s or the 80s or whatever mm. is gonna be um it's sick vintage it's sick and in fashion it's sick especially when you see people that you you admire going to the met and their outfits it's just sick but i remember since i can't remember fully like cynthia Rivas like the the story behind it but i remember when i when i sat down and watched her like get ready and stuff in the preparation i think it's it's so meaningful especially when you see like the behind the scenes mm -hmm. and like the relationship between them and the designers and like the fittings and like every all the preparation it takes just to get out and and stand there and pose for however long it is it's like i feel like that's personally i love it diana freeland you did that she you did really that because the met would not be it would not be what it is today without her. But anyway, I digress. So we know the Met to be um, obviously this big elaborate event and um, Diana Vreeland created the themes, like she suggested the themes for the Met. But obviously she was editor-in-chief, but do you know who took over her? Who? Tell me who. Our sister. B.O.B. B.O.B. Bob. Listen, okay. B.O.B. Okay. Bob. Yeah. The wow. one and only referred to as the Queen of Vogue, Anna Wintour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a controversial one, ain't she? She is. She is. She is. She has been named as the Queen of Vogue, the Queen of Fashion, the Queen of Condé Nast. She's the Queen of the Queen of Fashion, whatever you want to call her. That is that is what she is. She basically, um, so she's now the editor-in-chief of Vogue and she has been for what, like 30 years? Oh, like wow. a very long time. But she's a also very, very looked the same. Time. If you search up pictures of Anna so Young, okay. she looks identical, which is so creepy. Right. She, oh. Um, like, I don't mean in the good way. I mean, she just always looks old. Like she's looks old. <laughs> Can you please end that out? Because I'm going to the Met. <laughs> I am going to the Met. Please, please. No. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to get out of there. No. This is not listen, this is not a controversial podcast. <laughs> I tell you that much. I don't want to tell you you look gorgeous. You look so sexy when you are like that bob. Wow, trendsetter. <laughs> hey, hello. Then you know Nicki Minaj can't that song because I know it's all. You're right. So stop. You're actually right. <laughs> Nicki, Nicki got inspired from Anna. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so she's a she's the chairwoman of the Met. One of the chairs alongside Tom Ford, the designer Tom Ford, and Instagram's Adam Masseri. So she hosted the Met Gala for the first time in 1996, and she took over as chair and 1997, and she took over as chairperson in 1998. Slay. So, 
So she's obviously, like I said before, the editor in chief, and she oversees the benefit, the guest list, guest guest list, I guest, love list. The guest list. <laughs> and the theme and works closely with the Met each year for the event. She also approves what the, the, the what the designer high profile guests wear and rejects the table sponsors chosen guests in favour of others. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but that woman, imagine, first of all, imagine working for Vogue yeah. as part of Anna Wintour's immediate team and you decide... You're basically deciding with her who gets to go to the Met, because only like it's like it's, it's like a list of like six hundred people, six hundred guests. So it's really invitation only. And if Anna Wintour does not want you to be at at the Met, trust and believe you're not gonna be there. Yeah, she won't see your face. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, absolutely not. She has a trademark page boy bob haircut and dark sunglasses. Mm-hmm. In case, in, just in case you don't know who we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> she's known for like. She doesn't like black, like all black, as in she yeah, loves yeah, colour. Yeah, yeah. She loves she loves colour, which makes sense. That's probably why I hate her outfits. <laughs> I love Anna Wintour's outfits. I don't know what I, she loves this girl. I love like everything she wears. She's such a fashion yeah, icon. This girl to my right here, <laughs> she thinks that she's going to the Met and she thinks that I am um, going to the Met. No, tomorrow. <laughs> I am going to the Met. Hey, listen, listen. Also, her name is pronounced Anna Winter. Oh, is it? Yeah, so next time do your research properly. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you want to talk about it? No, I don't. Do you actually want to talk no, about I don't, it? I don't because I, you didn't no, even let me s- breathe like, one sh- second of this sh- sh- and you're even mm. on my neck. Have you seen Devil Wears Prada? I have. 25 times. Oh, do you like it? I love it. Mm. But apparently it's not about her. Li- they're lying not, that's when? what they said they're, they're who's, who said that I don't know okay but apparently it's not about her it's not apparently Listen, it's guys. not they said they said it's not based off of her life I thought it was but apparently it's not yeah yeah bro they just didn't like the fact that they were making her out to be this highbrow elitist monster um but she's exactly all those things <laughs> Anna went to her seems like the nicest person <laughs> In the world, literally. Oh dear, dear. Um, I'll accept my Met Gala invitation in the post. Miss <laughs> Winter. Miss Winter. Yeah. But that's a crazy, like, that's a very powerful position to be in. Oh, insane. Like, you, you, you approve what designers wear and, like, um, that's, nah, that's mad. Sorry, you're what? right. She, you asked me earlier if she was born into it and I was like, I don't know, no, do you But she actually is. Um, oh. Charles Winter. Sorry, Winter is the editor of the Evening Standard. Wow. She had journalism in her genetics. I know, right? And her mum was a Harvard Law School professor. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mama. 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 No, Mama. <laughs> For real. For Mama. real. Anyway, so. Um, oh my god, at what? the age of 14, she began wearing her hair in a pub. <laughs> I think it really suits her. I think she looks amazing. She's so funny. She said BOB Bob fresh out of the womb. Per. I love that for her. Anyway, enough of fucking Anna Winter. <coughs> oh dear. Woo! So, yeah, when I was researching her, um, so. Obviously, Ashley was telling me that she knew about it. I never knew about Condé Nast. And essentially, it's um, 
it's a global media company that produces some of the world's leading print like digital video and social brand social media whatever but um (laughs) (laughs) but um which includes vogue gq the new yorker vanity fair wide and um ad my fave i love sexual digest yeah but i never knew that um she was named the u.s artistic director of condé nast she's everything everything fashion and fashion is her Mm. everything fashion and fashion is her everything do you think it was 50 50 luck and also talent Mm. talent and like smarts i feel like she definitely like obviously looking into her like her her life early on she definitely had a bit of like she had a she had a boost oh just a tad just a tad bit of a boost like just a bit of the boost she got up in hampstead darling but what I do know about the Met is that it's very, it's very exclusive. So, like I said before, if you're not invited, like, what are you doing? Oh my god, which is why it was such a controversy that um, they were inviting TikTokers and, and, and like, s- yeah. small influencers. I don't yeah. know why I really prolonged the S. And <laughs> small influencers um, to, to the Met. It's yeah. like, this is a prestigious event. And even people who weren't, like you know, a- avid followers of fashion understood that the Met is something um, of, of high regard. But it's, do, it's, did you agree with that? Um, yes, I did. I thought it was bizarre. Um, but then also, it's each to their own and it's entirely subjective. Because I personally am a fan of Emma Chamberlain, who is obviously like a YouTuber. I guess most people know her from YouTube. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't, I've not been following her for a while. I've, I've, n- kind of been following her for as recently as she's had a podcast out which is about a year mm. um so in my eyes and my mind i don't really visualize her as the like youtuber more mm. so because i've seen her in like magazines now and podcasts etc etc but even if i did this doesn't really change my opinion of her and that i think that she should be at the met mm. and look at her interviewing everybody two years in a row mm. anyway I personally feel but like... I don't know about um, the TikTokers. Oh. Uh, I mean, I personally feel like you... Like, I saw... I saw Jackie Einar at the Met. And I was so, 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 so proud and happy for her. That's so cool. Because, like, when... That woman has been in the game. I think Patrick Starr went as well. Yeah. These... She- these are the beauty these are the ogs like this is why i said it's subjective because i don't see them as like um undeserving is not the right word i don't Mm. see them as like who this these tweets were referring to i I don't i i think that that i'm so so happy that they had the opportunity to go to the met yeah they're not who i'm really referring to but okay so let me ask you this if you if that was you how would you feel about it that's exactly why I said it's subjective because I'd feel elated. I feel over the moon, but I, you know, who am I to say that? Like they don't work hard. I'm just like my my stance is is like if you know they've worked hard and I don't know they have like they have a story to tell through their fashion. Yeah, perfect. I don't know if Addison Ray really has a story to tell 
through the PLT dress that she's gonna wear. No, I'm kidding. Stop. I don't, I don't Stop know. it. I don't know. Stop. I, I feel like no, if, but I get what you mean. Though. If I feel like if you hold it in high regard and you and you have a story to share through fashion, because as Miss D dot V said, it's about you know artistic expectate um expectation. No, expression. expression. <laughs> is definitely what I was aiming for. Um, and whatever, literally everything we've just been talking about, like how important fashion is historically mm. and the visual arts. So there's many, there's plenty of opportunity to just look good and slay. Do that. But then there's the met where you look good, slay, you are a fashion forward person. And like, it, it's more so, it's also about who you are mm. as a person, as well as what you're about to wear. Yeah. Then again, the Kardashians were there. So, they're, you know, obviously a lot of people argue that they're talentless individuals too. So it's like, I don't know. But I don't really, you know, think twice about them being there. You know what I mean? Like when, when Kim, you know, shows up on the, on the thingy, I'm like, yeah. Anyway, next. I'm, I'm like... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, duh. Um, but, you know, she started off being like a little fashion... Um, I don't know what they call them. They she was a stylist. People. Yeah, a stylist. Yeah. Um, so I guess she's, you know, in a way that she's kind of always dreamed of that. I feel like the thing is, people don't have respect for TikTokers because the come up was so quick for, for some of them. Yeah, which is... That's what I don't like as well. Mm. I'm like... I, don't, you know, bash them because they got easy success. It's like, hey-ho. Uh, what's that... The guy that does the... um, And he just, like... You know when he... Like, you know when people do stupid stuff and he he doesn't say anything. He just... He'll just be like... Like, what are you doing? Yeah, but he'll, he'll yeah. gesture to, like, what you should have done. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I've seen him on Hugo Boss adverts. Yeah. With, um... Uh, Bella Hadid, Tiana. T- I'm like, eat down. You yeah. ate down. Do you know what it is actually? I feel like if you just care, I feel like if you care, and I can see the sincerity behind the efforts you make towards your your outfit choice. Um, specifically the Met, particularly the Met. Only speaking about the Met, then fair enough. If you came from TikTok. Pinterest, Instagram, whatever. Because mm. now I'm thinking about, like, Victor, and that man is cool as fuck. But that man is getting to the vet. And, to he, the vet. and he started on TikTok. Yeah. But to, I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't bat an eyelash if I saw him at the vet. Because, but, but that's because of what people associate with him, him with. True. And it's true. And I think that's because people don't associate them. It's like some TikTokers and the Met, it seems like very far-fetched. But I guess it depends on the individual. Right. And we are not saying, listen, we're not saying that because you do dances on TikTok, you you don't deserve whatever because Mm -mm. we don't know the behind the scenes. Right, that's exactly what I was saying, like, if you care. Yeah, you don't, literally. If it's genuine to you, yeah. Which is why, as I was saying, like, earlier, like, when when um the artists singers dancers whatever um tell the little backstory behind what they're wearing mm-hmm. it's everybody, a, yeah. that that makes the headlines because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear that you just picked it out the night before and you didn't give a shit like because that's not what it is my call is about telling stories through your um through the pieces i mean shit, if i was in that position tiktoker influencer whatever 
I would be, listen, I don't care what anybody has to say. I made it to the mother freaking Met. Yeah. And I like give a heck. What needs to be talked about? Anything pressing? I kind of want to know what the girl on the train is wearing. Like, yeah, what's, her street, what's her style? Yeah. Because we talked about streetwear, but we didn't get into, um, you know, the other aesthetics. styles and trends, aesthetics. Mm. Yeah, and like the, the clean, clean girl. girl. Aesthetic. <laughs> oh, God. Um, there's so much that we haven't covered, obviously. But we hope that um, us talking a little bit behind um, the fashion before the 2000s was helpful to kind of understanding a little bit of the cycle mm. um, of fashion, even though we didn't really proper delve into what that um, is, you know? But we hope you've enjoyed this episode. I think it needs to be a part two. I was going to say, I think this should be two parts. Yeah. Because it's very long. Oh, you think even this one here? I was going to say, like, we shouldn't... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We really appreciate you sticking around. Yeah. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs>